people think you're a bitch sometimes if you have a certain personality. But if it was a, a male, they would just be labelled as, oh, you know, he, he's hardworking and he knows what he wants. How do they pick it up off the shelf? How do they look at it? What do they read? How much time do they spend looking at the product? Do you know what a winged eyeliner is? I think <laughs> I do, but I would never attempt it. Welcome to Add to Cart, Australia's leading e-commerce podcast that express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of online retail. Every week, Nathan Bush from eSuite and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Hello and welcome to Add to Cart. My name is Nathan Bush, host of Add to Cart and director at e-commerce talent agency eSuite. Where would we be without how-to videos? Whether you're trying to hack your way around Photoshop or cooking up a basic spag bog to impress the in-laws or trying to pretend you know how to do manly tasks around the home, like building a deck just to impress the family. They're the little lifesavers that get us out of trouble. Not that I'm speaking from experience at all. But for today's guest, the how-to video didn't just get her out of trouble, it sparked the idea for her beauty business, and it's going gangbusters. Iris Smith is the founder and the CEO of The Quick Flick, a cosmetics brand selling online and with major retailers such as the iconic Priceline and most recently, Coles. Iris is an architecture graduate with a fondness for coding websites. What a combo. And she's created a winged eyeliner stamp as her first product to help customers who struggled, like she did, to nail that look that they saw on YouTube. Today, the Quick Flick range has grown to include sunscreen and brow products and a lot more. In this chat, Iris tells us all about her initial experiments with Be Real, what she hates about the beauty industry, and how she had the last laugh with some trolls online. So, thanks to our partners, Shopify Plus and Paclio, here's our conversation with Iris Smith, founder and CEO of The Quick Flick. Iris, thank you so much for joining us on Add to Cart. No worries. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I can't wait to dive into your story. I think it's um, a fascinating one. But in the research that we did, one of the, the things that caught my attention straight up was that you were coding your own websites at the age of 14. One yes. question, why? Because oh. <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a normal 14-year-old. You know, doesn't every 14-year-old do that? <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually. I think I did one for like a local art gallery and for the Bustleton Football Club from memory. And I think they paid me a hundred bucks in That's cash. When you're 14. Not bad. I know. I think it paid for my um, first iPod that I had. <laughs> <laughs> An iPod shuffle back in those days? It wasn't the shuffle. It was like, you know, when the really big ones came out and they yeah. were like $350, I think. And everyone had them like engraved on the back. I think it was one of those. I can't remember the name now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so moving forward, and you've got a fascinating mix of skills in between the time where you're coding at 14 to where you are today at the Quick Flick. But we're going to go straight to the Quick Flick. What was your vision when you created the Quick Flick and why did the world need another beauty brand? Yeah, sure. Good question. I think the main mission that I was trying to set about solving was just creating beauty products that were easier, quicker, and simpler to use. I 
grew up watching a lot of YouTube tutorials trying to learn how to do makeup, especially winged eyeliner. That was like my key go-to look. And regardless of how many videos I watched, I still couldn't nail it. Do you know what a winged eyeliner is? I think I do, (laughs) but I would never attempt it. No, it's very difficult to do. You have to have a very steady hand and good eyesight. Have you mastered it now? Well, I have with my stamp, but not freehand. I still can't do it. But yeah, I just thought, you know, like maybe it's the tools that need to change and it's not actually us that needs to change with the tools. So I was studying a interior architecture degree. So had a little bit of a background in design. And during my uni break, which was about six weeks from memory, I thought I want to start a business and create my own solution to winged eyeliner. And the brand was really just born from there. Great. Where did you start? I actually started by doing some mock-ups on AutoCAD, which was the design program that I was using at the time. I took some photos of like eyeliner on my eyes and then started to draw out different shapes that could be incorporated into the stamp. And then I started my own website, worked on the packaging design, the copy, and found a manufacturer. And pretty much launched in like six weeks. It's actually bizarre. Sounds easy. <laughs> now that I think back. It actually was pretty simple. Like that product was actually one of the more simpler products that I've worked on. It seems to have gotten progressively harder as the different products have come out. So yeah, maybe it was good that I started with an easy one because it didn't put me off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very different business today. I read that started with 10K investment, now valued at over $15 million whether those numbers are still accurate or not. Are you still as hands-on in the business today? Like are you still doing every those little bits and pieces? Well, it depends what you mean by the little bits and pieces. I, I'm still very hands-on in the product development side of yeah. things. That's still all me because that's my favourite part of the business is that creation and the design. And a lot of the products that I create are born from problems that I have with my own personal experience with skincare and cosmetics and yeah I would say all elements I'm still very much across like our marketing what we put out on social media it's definitely a projection of me as the brand but obviously things have changed I'm not picking and packing orders in my living room (laughs) like I used to I'm not that hands-on. <laughs> yeah. I love the video that you've got on your socials with the quick screen around the mock-up that you did, the drawing of the packaging and what it turned out like. I yes. love it. it was a fabulous demonstration. A last-minute name change there as well because we couldn't get it TGA listed with Quick Shield. Oh, that was now when I say about more difficult projects, that was the hardest one that I've worked on because it's a drug product. I definitely underestimated how difficult it is to develop a a drug. (laughs) From the journey so far, what are you most proud of? I would say I'm probably most proud of my own personal personal, um, development and just having more belief in my own abilities. I definitely think I've grown a lot. There was a Mm. lot of self-doubt at the start and I think I've really worked on that a lot over the last few years and you can see that reflected in how my business has improved because the business is definitely a reflection of your own personal mindset right yep so yeah I would say it's believing that I can actually achieve certain things because there was a lot of self-doubt when I first started out 
Has there been any secrets to you being able to get over that self-doubt? I would say secrets. The main thing that's really helped me was getting a life coach, I guess you could call her, Mm. is a coach to help coach me through certain roadblocks that I've had both in my personal life and in business life because they both work together. And just doing a lot of like self-reflection as well Mm. and looking at, okay, what are those blocks and how can I sort of overcome them? Because a lot of the times they're linked to things that have happened to us growing up and certain traumas throughout childhood and then they fester in your adult life and sometimes you can't work through those things because you don't actually know (laughs) where they're coming from. You can't see your own blind spots. So it's actually having someone show me those blind spots and saying this is why you're doing this and this is how we can overcome it. It's very interesting when you start realizing how the mind works and sometimes you're the one holding yourself back, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, I've got a business coach for the first time in the last month and working with her has been amazing uh, because I've been a big self-help kind of person. You read a lot, you do a lot, but it's very different when you've got someone sitting opposite you playing back what you're saying and working with you on it rather than you just absorbing a lot of self-help information. Sometimes you need someone to put that mirror in front of you, right? Ever scrolled through an e-commerce packaging website for fun? Nah, me neither. Until today. Paclio is putting the joy into the packaging game. So let's play a game. I'll tell you the name of the Paclio product and you have to try and guess what kind of product they are. Fairy Floss. Compostable Mailer. Queen Bee. Honeycomb Padded Mailer. Here we go. Gummy Shark. Water Activated Tape. Now, if my jaded self thinks that this packaging is fun, imagine what your customers will think. Paclio is also eco-friendly, Australian-owned and operated with same-day dispatch and 14-day returns. Now, that's pure joy for everyone. Check out the Paclio range of e-commerce packaging options at paclio.com. That's paclio, P-A-C-K-L-E-O, paclio.com. You've been on Shark Tank, and I saw that you're on the Mark Boris podcast as well, which is really cool. Have you learned anything from being around that kind of circle of entrepreneurs? I think being around Mark, I learned that I'm not as hard as sometimes I think I am. I think sometimes I think I'm difficult to work with because I'm such a high achiever and I have such high standards. Sometimes when you surround yourself with similar people, you're like, hang on. I'm actually not that demanding and I don't actually have that high standards. A lot of business owners are like that and they're obsessive and they're very caught up in the details sometimes and things being a certain way. Sometimes I drive myself crazy because I have that tendency to to achieve so high that it drives me crazy. And yeah, when I was around Mark, I was like, wow, your personality is very similar to mine, like very full on and in your face and says it how it is. Hmm. And I think sometimes as a female as well, people can judge you and put a label to it. So I definitely think that's helped me realize I'm not as crazy as I think I am sometimes. (laughs) Just on that, have you had, do you feel you've had to dial that part of your personality up being female, but also being um, young in, in the beauty industry? Sometimes I've definitely dialed it back. And that's just, you know, fear of being judged or fear of being labeled as to, I'll just use the word, people think you're a bitch sometimes if you have a certain personality. But if it was a a male, they would just be labelled as, oh, you know, he's hardworking and he knows what he wants. Yeah. 
and he demands results. Whereas when you're a woman, people put a certain label to that. So I definitely have dialed it back sometimes. And when I first started my business, a lot of the people who I had helping me were friends or friends of friends. And it was not the greatest environment for me. It turned quite toxic and it actually created my own team sort of trying to cut me down in a way because there was jealousy there and that whole tall poppy syndrome definitely sort of came into effect. So yeah, I think actually surrounding yourself with people who are like you just gives you a new reference point and you're able to create your own boundaries and and think, no, actually what I am expecting is is very reasonable. <laughs> yep. And it sort of removes that worry of, oh, they're going to think I'm a certain way. And so you've got a what looks to be a brilliant distribution strategy. I mean, some amazing retailers that are selling the quick flick from Nordstrom to the iconic Priceline and Coles very recently. What's been your secret to um, getting these win-win deals with retailers? I think, yeah, the big thing that's driven the retail success is definitely having a strong social media presence. And that's a big thing that retailers tend to look for is what's your presence online? Do you have a big hype around it? Have you basically proven that your product can be successful? Hmm. And are people going to be looking for it in store because they've seen it online? That's definitely a big one for us. And a lot of those retailers have just naturally reached out because the buyers have seen us online, seen us on TikTok, seen our reviews on our website as well, and just naturally think, okay, well, this brand would do quite well in our retailers. And I think it's also about filling that gap that they maybe don't have. And I think that's something that sort of sets our brand aside from the rest is it is a brand that's built on solving problems that current beauty products don't solve. So it's different from what they've already got. And I think that's maybe where some brands fall short is they try to be too similar to their competitors. So the retailers think, well, we've already got this range. We don't want to cannibalize that by bringing on something that's very similar or identical. So I think that's definitely played to our advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I love the video on the quick screen around justifying the price by saying it's actually doing three jobs, not one. Absolutely. Yeah. And Um, that's what's different is traditionally beauty brands have said, okay, here's this product, this product, and this product, and you need to buy all three to get a certain look or a certain result. When in actuality, it's quite easy to combine those formulas into one to do the one thing. But they don't want to do that because they want you to buy three products because it's better for their pocket. So that's really what we were trying to achieve with Quick Screen is, is combining multiple benefits into the one. And the main thing with those products as well is how can we create a product that encourages you to put your sunscreen on? Because that's the issue we identified is people skip that step and they're not wearing sunscreen every single day. They're yep. only wearing it if they're going to the beach or going into the sun. And it's something that should be put on your face every day because regardless of if it's raining or the sun is shining, UV rays are still there. So that is why we made that video. It actually got really good hype when we said that. <laughs> People were just mad about paying $40 for a sunscreen. But again, it's not just sunscreen. And your social does a great job of educating people on this. The one that stuck with me because I'm 
very white living in Queensland and so always conscious of the sun. But the image of the 90-year-old lady who sunscreened her face every day but didn't do her neck and the differences. Yeah, I saw that picture and I was like, I have to make a video about this. Because again, people just assume it's something you put on when you go to the beach or if you're going outside. Mm. And that picture is just so good at demonstrating (laughs) very clearly why it needs to be worn every day because yeah, that picture is pretty shocking. <laughs> it's very shocking. We'll put a link in the um, show notes if anyone wants to check it out. And you mentioned about creating hype with your retails and you definitely did that with your Coles launch recently. Mm-hmm. The fake comments. The fake comments. Can you tell us about what happened there and the impact that it actually had on the launch? Yeah, sure. So the initial launch video I filmed in my local Coles supermarket. And we went in so early on, like it had literally just launched. Whoever did it and set up that in the store, putting the products on the shelves, for whatever reason, didn't put the price tags on the shelf. Maybe they just hadn't received them yet. I'm not sure. But people love to look at the little details and it started going viral because people were commenting saying, you've just put the product on the shelf yourself. It's not real. There's no price tags. It's clearly fake, la, 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 la. And normally I would have just deleted them or, you know, ignored them. But I thought, hang on, this is actually maybe an opportunity to create a different talking point and create a little bit of an alternative way to hype this up by creating hype around, is this launch fake or is it legit? And because of that, it caused people to go into their local cold supermarket or, you know, maybe just stop by the sunscreen aisle on their local grocery shop, which they may not have done, and check to see is the product actually on the shelf. And a lot of the times when people went to check, they bought it because we could <laughs> see it in the sales jumping up, <laughs> the sales report we got from Coles. So, yeah, it definitely played to our advantage. And I, I kept making videos about it and it kept making those people angry and saying, it's <laughs> fake. I just couldn't believe it. It even got picked up by Daily Mail. They wrote a story about it. And even then in the comments, people were saying it was still fake. Why do people care so much? Do you think it's linked to the tall poppy that you were talking about earlier? I think it is. I think it's people just unhappy with maybe where they're at in their life. So they want to bring people down. It's actually quite sad. I feel sorry when I see those types of comments. They don't actually anger me or make me upset anymore. I just think, you know, I actually feel really sad for you that you feel the need to right those certain things like where are you in your life to get to that point yeah (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I feel people like seek it out and I saw something the other day it was on Instagram and it was a whole bunch of people getting outraged about a photo and then just a whole bunch of people going can someone explain this to me I don't know what to get outraged about it was like people seeking out things to get outraged drama yeah they're just looking for some excitement in their life (laughs) One of the things that you did address is that it's actually the quick screen's cheaper in Coles than it is online. Yeah. How did that come about? And obviously that's a strategic decision. Can you share your mindset and, and what you went through to get to that point? Yeah, sure. So the recommended retail price is something that legally we are not allowed to dictate to a retailer. So we can give them a price recommendation but they don't have to follow it. There's actually a law around that. It's illegal for us to say you must sell it for X price. So $40 is just the price that Coles decided to sell it at. Okay. And that's all part and parcel of being distributed so widely with a national retailer. One of the things that I love on your website is that you've got an ingredient glossary 
in the footer. So it's really prominent. It's in the main menu. It's in the footer. So everyone can kind of cross-check what's listed on the product pages. Is it used much by your customers? Yeah, it is. It's also good for SEO. <laughs> if people <laughs> now are we get it. We see why it's there. <laughs> if people are searching for an ingredient and what it is. Yeah. But no, the main reason also for it was that consumers are just more and more interested about the ingredients that they're putting on their skin these days and wanting to know what it is, what's the purpose of it, is it necessary? So that's one of the reasons why we built that out is just for education and transparency. Yeah, I thought it was really cool and learn a lot while you're there. Yeah, absolutely. So 2022, we're coming to the near of it. We've got to the end, near to the end of it. Jeez, as you can tell by the way I'm talking. Um, I can't believe that. I know, oh. I'm tongue-tied as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up to Black Friday, I know everyone's kind of got their Black Friday strategies in play already. How has it been? I know most direct-to-consumer retailers and retailers in general have struggled with new customer acquisition in 2022. It seems to be the thing that's that's been the sticking point for many. Has that been... A problem for you? Have you had to change anything dramatically to bring new customers in to the brand? Yeah, so it is something that I'm hearing across the board that customer acquisition is trickier these days. It's actually not something that we have struggled with, but I think that's because we have gone so hard with our social media and exploring those new channels like TikTok, even YouTube Shorts as well is massive at the moment. And I feel a lot of brands aren't on there yeah. just yet but also constantly bringing out new products so that you are attracting those newer customers that maybe weren't purchasing from you before because they want to purchase a sunscreen, for example. And also recognizing that sometimes customers that bought into your brand maybe five years ago, they bought an eyeliner stamp, but they no longer wear eyeliner. Recognizing, okay, where are they at in their journey, how can we maybe bring them back? Because we've got their details there. They haven't purchased an eyeliner stamp for two, three years. Why is that? Maybe, you know, their look has changed. What products are they using now that we can maybe release to bring them back in? So I think a lot of people sometimes get so focused on new, new, new acquisition rather than nurturing their current customers and how can we build out the line to give them what they want and what they're asking for. And that's always been a big thing for me is, what else are customers using? What are they wearing on their face? What's the the current trends in makeup to make sure that we're meeting those needs and they're not trading out of our brand into another brand? But there's some other strategies that we've explored to help outside social media. We've done the gift boxing. It's big in beauty where you can buy like subscription boxes. Mm-hmm. So the product you might have to give for free or you get a very small amount to just cover your cost of goods, but you see that as an acquisition expense in hope that those people will come back and repurchase the product. We've also done like in-flyer cross-promos with other brands where we'll give them 10,000 flyers to put into their orders and vice versa and offer their customers a, a discount for their first purchase. That's done quite well for us. That's so smart and I, I'm surprised that more retailers don't do that. Well, I've noticed a few more doing it. I saw like Adore Beauty was doing it recently with um fitness brand. Mm-hmm. That's worked quite well for us and it's hard for the customer to avoid. You know, they're opening an order and the flyer's there. It's not like sending an email or an ad where they can just scroll like it's there physically. Yeah. We're also going to start doing like 
tester size products. So for like our sunscreen, for example, we can actually send sachets in all of our orders to our current customers to try and get them to trade into using our sunscreen. So yeah, there's definitely methods there that you can explore. I think it's just thinking outside the box and doing things slightly differently and maybe not relying on what was working previously. And a a lot of that was, let's just run an ad on Facebook and find some new people, a new audience. And it does still work, but it's a lot more expensive these days. Yeah. And one of the channels I saw you are experimenting with is Be Real. Oh, yes. (laughs) How's that traveling for you? Future, fad? I'm not sure yet. I think if you can use it well, like there's a brand on there that does it quite well. It's a fashion brand. I've lost the name of it now. They use it quite nicely to show behind the scenes and you know what they're doing in their warehouse for the day or in the office. I think it can work quite well. I'm not sure yet if it's going to overtake you know your TikToks and your Instagram, but I feel like it's got potential. And a lot of people were saying the same about TikTok, right? Um, even mm. when it was musically and people were just screwing their nose up to it. And those who jumped on the platform early really got a head start on it. Yeah. So I'm always a believer in that. If it works, it, you know, amazing. If it doesn't, at least you tried. What have you lost? Bit of time. You mentioned YouTube Shorts there before. What's the difference between YouTube and YouTube Shorts? Well, YouTube Shorts is kind of just YouTube's version of TikTok and Instagram Reel. It's just short, easy to watch content in portrait mode. So it's not in the long landscape, like your traditional long form YouTube videos. Very easy to watch. You scroll through, it's like a feed style. And yeah, the algorithm on there is crazy. Like we repurpose some videos from TikTok and they get hundreds of thousands of views. Wow. And do you have to do anything different creatively? Like is it a different kind of audience? It seems to be because some of the content that gets high views is random and not consistent with the views that we get on Instagram and um, TikTok. But it pushes a lot of people to go to our like YouTube profile page and then maybe watch some of our longer form videos if they're interested in something that they've seen. Maybe we show them a short version of the eyeliner stamp which we can show in five seconds, you know, stamp, stamp, line. Oh, this is interesting. I want to learn more. So then they go and they'll watch a longer form on how to apply the eyeliner stamp and then hopefully convert and purchase the product. Fashion retailer Inku has been introducing customers to new international brands for nearly 20 years. With 10 retail stores, e-commerce has been a support player, but in the last year, it got really serious. They've upgraded from a custom site to Shopify and now Shopify Plus. Inku sales have grown nearly 300% year on year. Shopify Plus features such as Launchpad for automation, Flow to manage nearly 2,000 SKUs, Scripts for customization, and Shopify Plus's merchant growth model have all had a compounding effect. Not only are sales up 300% year-on-year, conversion rates are up 80%, average session engagement up 91%, and bounce rate down 40%. Inku? More like in whoa. To read more of Inku's story and see other case studies, visit the customer sections on shopify.com.au forward slash plus.
Now, I think you are our first Perth-based guest. You mentioned Perth and, and some of the difficulties of running a, an e-commerce business in Perth. What is the e-commerce scene like? So e-commerce space here is small. <laughs> there are other people here who, who run e-com businesses, but yeah, it's definitely not as dense as you know some other cities. When I go to Sydney, I meet up with a lot of people over there who are running their business. Where do you go for your inspiration to, to stay motivated and ahead of the game? Online, to be honest. I know that sounds a bit sad, but yeah, I find a lot of my inspiration online and just watching what you know other people are doing, what looks they're creating. I also, sounds going to sound really weird, I also um, go people watching, people in store to see what are they buying, what are they picking up, how do they interact with the product when they pick it up off the shelf. That sounds so bizarre, but it's actually very interesting and you start to learn how shopping psychology works, like just the simple act of how do they pick it up off the shelf, how do they look at it, what do they read, how much time do they spend looking at the product. It's quite interesting. (laughs) Any light bulb moments that have stood out from you, like just by watching someone? Well, yeah, the main one was like people will pick a product up and they automatically will turn it over and read the back. So you want like your key information on the back of the product and people love to open things in store, (laughs) especially if there's no testers. So if you can create your packaging to have an image of what's inside the box, you're less likely to have the product tampered with in store. And that's good for your return percentage because every time a product is tampered with, it's no longer sellable and is returned and you have to fund that normally as a brand. So that's one of the main reasons why like with the sunscreen, I didn't box it up is because I wanted people to see the packaging on the shelf and not open it. And also the packaging is quite strong on shelf as it is. And people love testers. They love to test and play with things. And unfortunately that was removed with COVID. A lot of our testers were removed. So for example, instead of being able to now try the different sizes of the eyeliner stamp in store, we changed the back of our packaging to very clearly show a picture of an eye before and after so that they could literally, like I've actually seen someone holding three of the stamps in their hands and they're looking at the different sizes on the back to see which size would best suit their eye type. So it's like such minor things, right? But it could be the difference of whether or not that person picks that product up and puts it in their cart and purchases it. Has anyone ever recognized you just lurking behind? No, but I have gone into a few Priceline stores and well, I have actually seen people buying my product, which is really cool. cool. (laughs) And a few times I've had people who work at Priceline be like, oh, isn't that you? Like, because our first stand actually had me on the um, tray and they were like, isn't that you? aren't you the founder of that brand? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it has happened before. <laughs> That's awesome. And now a quick flick is five years old? Yes, 2017 is when I started. Beautiful. And from that time, and I love that you've done everything from creating products through to packaging to marketing to customer, the whole lot. You, you've been involved the whole way. From what you've experienced and learned so far with the quick flick, What is something that you would change about the beauty industry? Something that I would change and am trying to actively change. There's a few things. 
The first one is around digital manipulation of models used across campaigns and imagery and videos. I actually made a video about this on TikTok where I spoke about how heavily regulated products are when it comes to labeling ingredients, batch numbers, especially with a drug product. I mean, you have to have certain warnings. Your text size has to be a certain size so that people can read it. It's very, very strict. And I think rightfully so, especially for a drug product because, you know, sunscreens are essentially helping in the prevention of skin cancer. So it needs to be used correctly. Something that I've always thought is a little bit of a contradiction is that products are heavily regulated, but then when it comes to the images and the videos that are used to sell said product, there's zero regulation around what brands can do to that model's skin, to their face, to their body. They can retouch, they can change the way that the product looks on the skin and essentially sell you a false image of how that product's going to behave. And I think that's quite damaging to people's mental health to a certain degree. You know, when you've got models with perfect skin and zero blemishes and no acne, no pimples, it really does create these insecurities in consumers. And a lot of that is led from this false advertising, which, yeah, it's just a double standard when you compare that to the regulations and how heavily you can be fined by the TGA, for example, if you falsely advertise your product, but you can falsely advertise it to a certain degree with the images and videos that you use. So I'm very big on trying to get that changed. And I think just speaking about it just makes people more aware. It's great that there's some countries like France, for example, now you have to legally disclose if an image or a video has been digitally edited, which I think is great. And I think that should be the norm everywhere. And then the other thing is just around, I think there's still a bit of a muddy area when it comes to vegan versus cruelty-free. And a lot of people think that cruelty-free means that a product doesn't contain animal ingredients. And that's not the case. Cruelty-free just means that a product hasn't been tested on animals, but that product could contain ingredients that have been sourced in cruel ways. So is it really cruelty-free, you know? And a lot of brands get away with it. They try to sort of like wish-wash their marketing and say, you know, cruelty-free, it's ethical, blah, 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 but they're using sheep's fat in their formulas. And I just think, you know, it's not very cruelty-free. So I think just there needs to be better regulations around marketing vegan versus cruelty-free. So yeah, those two things I'm quite strong on and I think needs to change. I think it is changing and it's I've definitely seen a big change, especially in the representation of real skin and different body shapes and sizes. It's definitely changed a lot over the last few years, which is great to see. But I still think there's a long way to go. Yeah. It sounds like both those issues too. And I love the way you've put the uh the regulatory issues around, look, it's really strict over here, but you can do whatever you like over here. I'd never thought about it that way before. And it's beautifully put. But both of those issues about transparency, right? 100%. Yeah. And I think consumers can be the change for that. It's just about keeping brands accountable. Ask the brand on a post that they put up, has this been edited? Has the skin been airbrushed? Is your moisturizer really going to make my skin look like that? And if it's been edited, and another thing also, They'll photograph a model with a full face of makeup on, 
and she's putting moisturizer over her makeup. <laughs> Makes no sense. So I think actually asking those questions and, you know, almost kind of like holding the brands accountable for their own marketing and the images that they're showing us. I think that's what's really going to cause the change. Yeah, love it. Now, I can't let you leave without asking you. Obviously, not going to impact me so much, but I know there will be people out there very interested. What are your top three beauty go-to products? Like, what can you not do without? Well, I'm obviously biased, right? (laughs) You're asking someone who has a beauty brand. (laughs) It was a nice lobbed-up question for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, here's number one tip, and maybe it would be number one, number two, and number three. Sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. That's what I will say. And that impacts everybody. Yes, true. As well. I think wearing sunscreen every day and reapplying it every two hours, getting into that habit, people think, okay, I can just put sunscreen on at 7 a.m. in the morning and I'm going to be right for the rest of the day. It doesn't work like that. You need to reapply consistently, which is why I keep holding this product. We have our sunscreen spray, so there's literally no excuse. You don't even need to get the sunscreen on your hands. So definitely cannot live without my two sunscreen products. I have like a backup with me everywhere I go. I'm that annoying friend that like on our coastal walk will be like, do you have sunscreen? Because it's not (laughs) our And another one of my favorite products, I'm wearing it now, is our brow lamination gel. This has actually been one of our best-selling products. We launched it the start of this year and it has gone absolutely gangbusters everywhere, in-store, online. It was our first brow product, like first brow category exploration for us. So I think that's another like product I can't live without will be like, regardless of where I'm going, I'll always have sunscreen on and I'll always have my brows done. Cool. It must, and both of those products are relatively new. So I must just have this awesome feeling of you creating products that you yourself use every day. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing with my brand is that I actually do genuinely use it and I've tested the products myself. I've tested it over multiple months to really weed out things that I don't like. Whereas I think other brands are just like releasing things just because and they're not actually using things themselves or making those little 1% tweaks. And I'll keep changing things. It's not just one and done. Like with our brow product, for example, we noticed after our first run that if people had oil on their hands, so say you did your skincare and you applied like a facial oil and then you went and picked this product up and transferred some of that oil onto the product, the text would slowly start to come off. I hadn't picked up on that because I don't personally use oil on my face. But the minute I caught whiff that people were giving me this feedback, straight away messaging our supplier, what can we do to like fix this? Let's put another coat on. So it's constantly like making those little tweaks and not just saying, yep, launch this product, one and done. I think that's what a lot of brands don't do is they don't continue to innovate and that's why the product sort of like falls away with the times. Or they might be made to cycle. They deliberately make them so they fall out of cycle. Yeah, that is also true. And that's something that I'm not big on doing. I don't want to just create products for a trend like it comes and goes. It's very much about those A-star playing products that are are done maybe only a few times a year. Like I only launch two to three products a year. But because of that, I can spend more time on them and really tune in to get them as close to 100% as possible. (laughs) 
And I can bet, based on our earlier conversation, I feel that your hundred percent would continually move, right? Oh yeah, it's never, <laughs> it's never done. That's yeah. my motto: is like nothing is actually ever finished. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So speaking of never finished, what is next on the radar? What are the big things that you've got lined up for yourself in the quick flick? So we've got some new products coming out, which is very exciting. Um, building on the brow category more, which is yeah, very exciting for us because it's a whole new category. We've normally just done liner traditionally and a few more sunscreen products as well based on feedback that we've gotten on our current range. So I think that will be key focuses for us and hopefully also building out that range into Coles next year as well. I'll say those three things. It's pretty big. I love it. Uh-huh. All right. So if people have listened to this and want to get in touch, maybe get their hands on some quick screen, what's the best way to check it all out? Well, you can go to Coles because it is real, not fake. <laughs> Take a TikTok, uh-huh. upload your TikTok showing it's real. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you can find the brand on pretty much every platform if you just search the quick flick. Or myself, you can search Iris Jade on Instagram or Iris Jade Smith on TikTok. Beautiful. Iris, thank you so much for sharing your story so far and um, giving some insight into the quick flick and the beauty industry. No worries. Thanks for having me. I love that Iris is just openly and unapologetically creating products that she wants and that she needs. I reckon that'd get me into a bit of trouble. But she knows that she can find the market when she does exactly what she knows is right. And there were some really clever tactics in that chat. I hope you caught them that you can take away. Here are my three favorites. Number one, one, YouTube shorts. And no, not advice for what to wear in the next office video. It's the new YouTube format available via the app. Their TikTok style video shot in portrait and at a maximum of 60 seconds. Iris shared that the Quick Flick are getting incredible results by being an early adopter of the format. It's a theme that's coming through a lot lately with rising acquisition costs. Getting in early on these platforms leads to getting the dollars. Number two, glowing glossaries. What I saw as a really nice transparency and education play with a lovely beauty ingredients glossary in the footer and in the menus of the website was actually a huge SEO win. The Quick Flick have the ingredient glossary of all the beauty terms we hear about, but actually don't know what they mean. From canola oil to cruelty-free to candelilla wax, don't know if I even said that right, it's all there in black and white for you and for Google to find. Number three, from fake to fame. I just love the story of Iris being accused of faking her Coles launch. I mean, people have got a lot of time on their hands, right? But what started as a price tag left off the shelf turned into torment for Iris until she took the matter into her own hands and proved them all wrong with some very pointed socials, national coverage, and a big boost in sales. Iris definitely didn't mope around letting the trolls get her down. She used it to boost her business. To get the highlights of today's episode, head on over to addtocart.com.au and sign up for our free newsletter. Each Tuesday, we will send Monday's episode summary, links, and discount codes for you to go next level on. And if you're looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, come and visit us at eSuite. We're a dedicated e-commerce talent agency, connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands in Australia. 
head on over to eSweetTalent.com.au where you can download the free e-commerce salary guide and sign up to our weekly e-commerce job emails. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep those customers adding to cart.